Welcome to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. This is a show to help you be inspired by your Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Emily Jaminette, and I'm joined each program in the studio with my friend, Michelle Fanley. We hope this show provides an uplifting 30 minutes to help refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship, we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Emily. I know, just listening to that and thinking like, I could totally use some uplifting messaging, right? With the things of the world are not uplifting. So it is good to be here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And it's a beautiful place um, to be. To be. It is. It is a beautiful place. And I just can't get over the fact that, like you said, that we are blessed to have Catholic programming to inspire others and that this is really a fruit of a bigger movement, a movement to help Catholic women come to know Jesus Christ, to come to see a value in their life and maybe turn off that secular news and turn more Jesus up in their their life. So we're going to have a great show. We're going to talk a lot about the nitty grittiness of life, the ordinary moments and how, you know, with Christ, everything can be restored, everything can be renewed and really understand that Jesus wants to to be with us each and every day. So um, we have a special guest today. <laughs> Rachel Balducci is going to be joining us from the TV show, The Gist. Yes, she's a journalist at Augusta University. She teaches, and she's also the author of How Do You Tuck in a Superhero, Make My Life Simple and Overcommitted. She's been a a columnist for the Southern Cross for 15 years, serves as a reporter for Augusta Chronicles, and taught middle school and high school English and in the history of Alleluia Community School. Rachel earned her bachelor's degree from Georgia State University and has a master's degree from University of Georgia. She lives with her husband, Paul, and their six children in Augusta, Georgia. Her latest project is a book titled No Such Thing as Ordinary, Unlocking Your Extraordinary Life Through Everyday Encounters with Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about today, Everyday Encounters with Christ. Absolutely. So welcome, Rachel. Hi, ladies. So great to hear your voice and your Southern accent. Oh, thanks. I don't think it's Southern, but I think, yeah, sometimes when I talk to other people, they think I'm Southern. So it's so great. I always love to hear, you know, people's opinions on that. Well, we're up from up in Ohio. We have we have the Ohio accent. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's always wherever you are, you know, compared to most Southerners, I don't think I'm that Southern, but, you know, then you go outside of your area and it changes up a bit. Well, Rachel, when we read your bio, it's a little bit formal. It's very inspiring. And, you know, one of the things we love to do is let the, you know, let our guests unpack a little bit about their faith journey, share, you know, a little bit more details in between those lines, between career, family life, and most importantly, our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, I always enjoy hearing my bio read because it just kind of cracks me up in a way like, whoa, who is that person? Like, you know, when I first started traveling for my writing and I was getting invited to speak at retreats and conferences, you know, you get to know the person on the plane next to you. And I kind of say, this is what I do, but really I'm just a mom. And I didn't mean like just in the sense of like, you know, that's some lowly thing that's not very inspiring, but really, you know, like my primary call, I feel like this vocation and the calls being a wife and a mama, but that God really opens these other doors for us, you know, along the the journey. Um, and for me, I kind of wrote this book out of that, like, 
you know, being in seasons when you feel like life is passing you by, and for me, learning how to really trust in God's timing on things and recognizing, you know, He gave us all desires and He gave us gifts, but we kind of have to be willing to ask Him what His plan is um, to get that stuff in the right order so that we really can live like a very full, integrated, peace-filled life. Well, this book um, on the front cover, it shares that it's based on the gospel story of the woman at the well. So can you share why you picked this scripture and how it you know, kind of weaves its way throughout the, uh, the book of your ordinary, every, er, extraordinary life and everyday encounters with Jesus? Sure. I just, you know, the story of the woman at the well, and, and it's the longest conversation Jesus has with the woman in the Gospels. And, um, you know, it's this woman who the, the details of her life were weighing her down, and yet she had the things that she had to do. She had a history. She had this past. She had things she was not proud of in her life, you know, you know, the burdens that she was carrying. And she comes to the well in the middle of the day because she knew nobody else would be there. And there's Jesus waiting for her. Um, and so for me, it was such a good jumping off point because I think about how, you know, as women, but really just as people, like men and women, we go about our day and we do the regular stuff. And then we sometimes feel like it feels very uninspired. It doesn't feel extraordinary. It feels very ordinary. And that Jesus has this deep call for each one of us. He knows who we are. He knows what we've done. He knows the burdens we carry. And he waits to meet us there in the circumstances of our regular life. And so that was such a great time for me, you know, when I started to, this book started to kind of get birthed from what I was going through. And it was this feeling of like, okay, God says he has an extraordinary plan for me. I also have regular stuff I'm doing. I want to do something great for, for God. Is, is this feeling supposed to just be on pause until the circumstances of my life free me up a little bit better. And I kind of just started to have this, you know, this encounter with God where I just knew he wanted the, the extraordinary thing he wanted to do through me or with me was just something deep inside of me. Like it, it didn't have to focus on the externals. Like it, it really could be something that was going on. It was a timeless call and it was something, you know, that Jesus was waiting for me right now in this moment. Like not something like, hey, five years from now, check back with me and I'll, we'll talk then. You know, so he was, he's there waiting for us in the middle of the regular stuff we have going on. Well, maybe you could comment too, you know, you have a lot going on in your life, you know, not just motherhood, but your, your career, teaching, writing, speaking, you know, and sometimes that leaves us frustrated, right? Or overworked, or, you know, we only want to do, like you said, the ministry stuff, but the dishes and, and the, you know, washing and the laundry can be, you know, a little bit um, below us, or we can perceive it that way. So maybe could you tie in a little bit of your vocation as wife and mom and those tasks and all of us busy and balancing? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, I love as a Catholic that we, that I have this, this concept of vocation. Like, this is the primary thing God is using in my life to draw me closer to sanctification. And so the vocation to marriage, the vocation, the vocation to motherhood, for me, it means that's what comes first. So that doesn't mean it's all I do, but that it has to get my best energy. And that doesn't even necessarily mean it, mean it gets like 70% of the energy or, you know, but it has to get my best energy. And I kind of like, um, in my book, Overcommitted, wrote my way through a season where 
I was starting, because my kids were getting a little bit older, I was starting to say yes to more things um, and enjoying the mobility and then realizing that I had started to say yes to so many things that everything else was getting my my better energy and I had nothing left to give, you know, my kids and my husband. So I wouldn't even say there's a balance, but there's got to be this prayerful approach to how we say yes and how we say no. And then ultimately, and this is what I write about, a lot in the, in the, you know, no such thing as ordinary book is my identity can't come from the things that I do. It really can't even come from my motherhood or my marriage. Like God has something so much deeper for me in, in knowing who I am. And of course, marriage and, you know, and motherhood are this important aspect of, of the thing God has me doing, but that there's something even deeper in who I am and who God created me to be that exists outside of the temporal, you know, like um, the things I'm doing right now, the circumstances of my life, of my home, and all of those things. But I did have, you know, a really funny to me, like a, a turning point in this kind of this concept, or maybe it was a starting off point in this concept of, okay, what is an extraordinary life? What is an ordinary life? Is I had been invited years ago to go on, when Isabel was like a, a toddler. She's 12 now. She's the youngest of our six kids. And I had been invited to go to El Salvador with Unbound um, and this organization that my husband and I had been donating to for years um, to support. We, we had Lawrence Mermu. He was a child in India. And, you know, we, spent, we sent $30 a month, and it helped Lawrence get educated. And so I got invited to go sort of see firsthand what this, this donation looked like. And so I was off for, like, almost a week in El Salvador doing, you know, using my writing skills to observe and and blog, and then, you know, I wrote columns about it, about what it means for somebody here in the U.S. to spend $30 and how it, you know, empowers women to start their own businesses and it gets kids to school and all this good stuff. Well, then fast forward a couple days, and I'm back at home doing laundry. And I remember this moment so clearly where I'm bent over my front loader washing machine, turning a crusty basketball sock inside out, you know, the, the right side out to put it in the wash and saying to God, this is not the best use of my abilities and skills like last week was a way better use of it right i'm in a rainforest writing about interviewing people and i felt like god just like he really just smiled at me in that moment i felt it you know um and he he just had this heart of love for me and it was one of those moments though where i was like okay that was not truth you know what's off in my thinking about this and starting to kind of recognize that the thing, whatever I was doing right this minute, was the thing God was calling me to do. So last, the previous week it had been, you know, riding in the back of a truck down a mountain, you know, with a bunch of, uh, you know, volunteers for this organization and getting to write about it and how wonderful. And then, you know, a few days later, the duty of the moment, the thing I was doing right this minute was something totally different. And whatever that thing was, though, if I could see it as the thing God was asking me to do in that moment, it could feel extraordinary because it was it was the task that God had given me. And sometimes it, those tasks are much more fun. Um, but, you know, if we start to lean in the reality of, like, as we go through our day, so much of what we do is ordinary. And so how do we get over this feeling that, you know, it doesn't feel like such a great big deal? We, we find God in the middle of it and see that, you know, the thing we're doing is what he's asking us to do. Well, the other day I was picking up my kids and I um, sit in front of 
church as I wait in the car line. So I was like, okay, Lord, you know, fill me with whatever you want me to hear. And I open your book up and this was um, the next page. It said, but only a deep relationship with Jesus will fill us. Not even doing noble deeds for Jesus is the real relationship that our soul seeks. Only in the stillness of our soul can we find this deep union with God where true deep conversion can take place. And I know I am a doer and I know a lot of women, we are doers and right, it's easy to, easier to do for Jesus than to sit with Jesus and be with Jesus. So how do women do this, you know, just to be with Jesus and have this deep conversion? Yeah, we have to make time for personal prayer. And I know that's a hard sell because, you know, I get that concept. I'm a, you know, I would say for a long time, I would always identify myself as a Martha, right? Doing, doing, doing. Well, that's just the reality of our life. I'm sorry. You can't point to any women who are like, well, I'm just a Mary. I never, you know, I'm just happy to sit around. Like, the truth is, we're all on the move. We're all going. And so there are aspects of our life that will be that busyness. But but I think the call that God gives us is that Jesus offers us that, you know, that ability to sit at his feet. And so we can even be Martha's in prayer, though, if we're not careful. Like, we can show up to adoration or, you know, we sit to... to um have quiet time, and we're so focused on all the things that we need Jesus to fix in our life, you know, and this is what prayer was looking like for me for a long time, is, okay, I finally made it, I finally made prayer priority, I'm going to sit here, and I've got all these things I want to tell Jesus to fix, and here's the plan that I have for how he could fix them, right? So then there's even a busyness in prayer that is not really, you know, life-giving in the sense that Sometimes if prayer becomes all about the next problem we have, how do we walk away from that feeling filled? How do we walk away from it feeling, you know, like we have a greater sense of peace than when we entered into that moment? So, you know, for me, it was really like I kind of got to this point where I started feeling like I was supposed to just sit in silence. Like, you know, I know God, he knows the, you know, the prayers of my heart. And also there's a time to talk about that stuff with him but that there also has to be in prayer a time where we just sit quietly. And I heard it described as, you know, we're, we're gazing on the person who, on he who is gazing back at us with love, like that we feel that connection with our creator um, who loves us so much and knows us better than any other entity can know us. And that, you know, when we start to feel that connection with God is when we, the truth of who we are really, um, we start to hear it. That's amazing. That's so, that's so, so true. I'm really glad you touched on some of these important aspects for us as women because, you know, I, I kept thinking about our social media as you were talking, right? We, we get these reels of other people's lives and sometimes they're doing such extraordinarily amazing things. Like you mentioned, you know, your, your trip. Um, but other times, you know, our ordinary life has value too. And so maybe you could, you know, shed a little bit of light for women who are struggling with, you know, that, that Facebook or that Instagram reel and, and not seeing, you know, that they're in a season where they're called to be faithful, you know, in that ordinary moment, even if it, it doesn't even seem like it's worth going up on Instagram. That's right. And I think, you know, for starters, I think the best rule of thumb for any of us when we're on social media is know thyself. Like for me, when I'm feeling low and depleted, and like when I feel like life is passing me by, that's not the best time to get on social media because pretty much most of what we see, even if people are acting like it's an ordinary moment, it's the best of the ordinary moment. You know, like I'm probably not ever going to 
like put a picture of my growth bathroom on Instagram, <laughs> right, for people to look at. So even if people are talking about, you know, the beauty of the ordinary, just to be careful. Like if you're in a place where you're feeling sensitive, remember that comparison is the thief of joy. So, you know, you might want to just be mindful of that. And then really just, you know, leaning into that concept of like, okay, like getting into this conversation with the Lord, like, you know, the desires of my heart, you have given me gifts, you have given me abilities. You also have given me priorities. Help me to keep those in the right order. Um, help me not to operate out of a sense of fear. You know, that was a big thing for me. It's like, I would say yes to things out of fear. If I, if I, you know, say no, I'll miss this opportunity or I'm, I'm going out and seeking things to do because I don't want to get left in the lurch. Well, if it's not God's timing in my life, the fruit of that is not going to be good. And, you know, and that's another um, way that I have discovered that God talks to us. Sometimes we just know truth that I think he kind of speaks to us, maybe not audibly, but we just know truth. Sometimes we get that biofeedback. Like, you know, I went through a really difficult season uh, several years ago where I had anxiety all the time. I was exhausted. I was sad. And it was because I was operating out of fear and I was operating out of just a whole bunch of stuff that I needed to sort through with God. And then, of course, my husband and I talked a lot about this stuff, too. But, you know, just like understanding that our what our motives are, being honest with ourselves, and then really just working to keep God in the center of all that, it just brings a lot of freedom and joy because then we are doing, again, what God wants us to do and and not what we think would look good or trying to keep up with somebody else. Like you can't, that's the worst possible reason to say yes to stuff is because so-and-so is doing it. And that looks like a pretty cool thing to do. That could be really, that could cause some really bad fruit in your life. Well, thank you. And you're listening to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Emily Jaminette. I'm in studio today with Michelle Fanley. And today we're talking with Rachel Balducci and about her new book, this amazing book, which actually had some fantastic reviews when I pulled them up. It's called No Such Thing as Ordinary, Unlocking Your Extraordinary Life Through Everyday Encounters with Jesus. And, you know, Rachel, one of my favorite um, reviews I found is this is a great book to get unstuck. So <laughs> isn't that true, right? When you when we're stuck, when we're, you know, in these these moments of real trouble, you know, we need to have an encounter with Jesus and sooner than later. Amen. I think that's the bottom line. And, you know, the thing that you'll find is once you have that, that encounter and you experience what it really means to be connected to God, like we we all know that, but like that sometimes we're afraid that God's going to tell us something we don't want to hear, right? So we get kind of like, I found this in prayer. I was going in prayer, but I had all these areas that I didn't want to show God because I thought, one, I thought he didn't see him, even though I knew that that couldn't be true. Um, you know, but I, that as I got to where I was more comfortable sort of just letting it all hang out, so to speak, you know, Lord, I'm afraid I don't like the thought of life passing me by. I'm afraid that you're picking somebody else to do the good stuff and leaving me the boring stuff or, you know, like really little by little allowing God into all these different places. And then what happens, and I'll just kind of tell you the story briefly for me, is I had this experience several years ago when I was really starting to kind of like 
sit in silence. And what happened is when I started teaching at the university I'm at, the Adoration Chapel is right across the parking lot from where I teach. So day, all of a sudden, I was in this daily habit of sitting in, in the chapel for 20 minutes a day. And within a month, there were some, like, just major changes going on in me. Um, I would sit in silence and just kind of be like, here I am, Lord. You know, I'm just here. What, you know, what are we going to do? And then during COVID, um, the chapel was closed. And so I, I knew I had to keep that up. And so I created a little chapel in my closet. I mean, it didn't have the, you know, the Blessed Sacrament in there, but I had a little mini altar with a candle and I put a little miniature throw rug that my husband had gotten from, you know, just a little prayer rug. And, um, I hid in there when my children were all home during that season and I continued to fight for that time. And I will say, like anybody who's listening and you're like, what should my takeaway be? The life changing thing for me was that I began to treat prayer the way I treat um, doing the laundry, cleaning the kitchen, exercising. Like I had to claim the time for myself. And it's not a lot of time, but if you can find 20 minutes. And for me, it's not the first thing I do in the morning. Um, just it has worked out to do something different, right? So um, I tend to kind of like ask, you know, just make a decision in the day. When is this going to happen today? So what happened, though, getting back is the first part of that season of showing up, I felt like I had this little door on the front of my soul, and I opened it up, and there was a little hallway that I had swept, and there were all these other doors off of the hallway. And when God, when I first started sitting down with God, I led him in that hallway, you know, like the entryway into the soul and it was swept nicely and everything else was shut off. And all of a sudden it was like, I trusted God to be in that part. And so then I tried, okay, here's a wound I want to talk to you about. And I, and I go into this in the book too. Like we really have to be willing to let God into the wound that we suffer and let him shine his truth. And that's where this real transformation comes from. You know, it's like I had a really, sad memory um, of rejection when I was a girl, and I didn't realize how much that impacted so much of how I related with people. And I had to take that to God and let him shine truth in that area. And, you know, once I experienced the freedom of that wound being healed, I was like, all right, Jesus, like, let's do this. Because, like, living with you is way better than trying to navigate all this stuff, you know, on my own. Well, what a powerful prayer tip. We always love to include prayer tips, you know, with the podcast and help people to unpack how to, you know, develop a real prayer life. And um, I'm going to do that meditation as well with, I with love, my heart. I love the uh, the closet. I seriously thought about crawling into my closet this morning because, you know, like I, w- I go downstairs for my morning prayer and then somebody wakes up and I'm in the middle of it and I'm I'm out in the open, right? You got you to be closed <laughs> off. <laughs> yes, you gotta hide so they can't find you. Yes, yeah, so important. Oh gosh. Well, what? I had a hard COVID too. I had all seven kids home, so I know that feeling where there's not a lot of extra space in the house either, which um, has some challenges. But you know, this this new book again is is an opportunity for women for and men to come together and to um, let's go through this again. No such thing as ordinary, unlocking your extraordinary life through everyday encounters with Jesus. So if you have not read it, um, I think this is the time to go ahead and pick it up. When is this available? Tell us where we can find it. Tell us where people can, you know, how they can get in touch with you. 
Sure. So um, I'm at rachelbalducci.com is my website. I, for years, I was the blogger at Testosterone. So I, our first five kids were are all boys. And so that's kind of where I was always, you know, doing my thing. Um, and so that blog does not exist anymore. So I'm at rachelbalducci.com and on Instagram at rachelbalducci. And the book is on Amazon and it's on Ave Maria Press. Um, and I actually have a code that I want to share with you ladies too for 25% off it through the Ave Maria website. Great, um, sure. So yeah, you can track it down. It just, golly, the, uh, so it's supposed to be out in March and the press that they were using to print the book got malware right after they printed the book, but not the cover. And so the, the box of books just arrived at Ave Maria like yesterday, I think, or today. And it'll start shipping from Amazon on May 20th and from Ave as well. Wonderful. Well, I'm I'm very excited to see yes, this book c- take Congratulations off. to you for the book, baby. And um, it was awesome to meet you. I hope we see you thank in you. real life. So thank you, Rachel, for joining us. The code for that book at Ave Maria Press is true joy. All one word, true joy at AveMariaPress.com. Thank you and God bless you. What a fantastic interview. I really enjoyed yeah, her upbeat I personality. <laughs> she's in the thick of it. She's balancing a lot. But the truth is, it's life is not just about balancing, is it? No. I mean, it's prioritizing and prioritizing Christ at the top, right? And mm-hmm. when you do that and you spend that time in prayer, then everything in your life makes sense, right? Like sometimes it's hard. It's not going to be easy, but everything has value and meaning. It does. And the Lord wants to give us peace. I think a lot of times we forget it's not just doing, but it's also the opportunity to, you know, experience the peace of the kingdom in our hearts. So we aren't feeling anxious and worried and, you know, overwhelmed by the ordinary life that we we receive the Lord's peace. Well, let's pray, Emily. All right, let's do it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, who are called the Prince of Peace, who are yourself, our peace and reconciliation, who so often said peace to you, grant us peace. Make all men and women witnesses of truth, justice, and brotherly love. Banish from their hearts whatever might endanger that peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Inspired by Faith. We hope you are blessed and inspired by this episode. To find out more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, visit columbuscatholicwomen.com. And to hear more about our work, make sure you visit inspirethefaith.com.